Hello, and welcome to the second recording of the Meet the Clinical Educators podcast. Um, I'm Bob Siriani, the Chair and Program Director in the Department of Speech-Language Pathology, and I'm joined by my colleagues who spend a majority of their time supervising in the Speech-Language Institute. That's the on-campus clinic where our first-year graduate students have the opportunity to evaluate and treat a variety of clients. Um, so really the premise of this podcast is to make sure that um, students who are interested in coming to the program can meet some of the folks that they're going to work with while they're on, um, you know, on this trail of deciding where they're going to go to graduate school. Um, I know that students uh, like to know who they're going to get to work with, and I have some really great supervisors that I'd like to introduce you to tonight. Um, so going around the room, um, I'll like to have you introduce yourselves and, and maybe um, in addition to telling us your name, tell us um, a little bit about yourself, about your clinical background. Um, all right, I'm going to put Kelly on the spot first. I'm Kelly Snyder. Um, I went to Temple Graduate School um, and for... Um, after Temple Graduate School, I did my CF in San Francisco, where I worked at a nonprofit inclusion preschool. Um, and then I came back and did some private practice in the Philadelphia area. I did a little bit of contracting at schools, and I ended up landing at um, AI DuPont Nemours Outpatient in um, Bryn Mawr. At, they have a wing at Bryn Mawr Hospital, and I was there for about five years. Um, then I stopped seeing anyone clinically and had my two children. And I just started this year supervising at Salus. And I also supervise um, adjunct at Temple. Excellent. Thanks, Kelly. Sure. And Caitlin? Hi, uh, my name is Caitlin Raymond. Uh, Caitlin Moffert, now I'm getting used to that. Um, I went to Salus for graduate school. I was part of the inaugural class, which was really cool. Um, I ended up doing my CFY at um, an APS, a private school for um, special needs, kids with special needs, intellectual disabilities. Um, then I also sort of bounced around a little bit and landed at um, AI DuPont Nemours Bryn Mawr location, um, which I've been for um, two years now. And I just started supervising in January. Great. So now you met the newbies on the team. Now we're going to go to some of the more senior members of our team. Um, Annie, you're next. Okay, I'm a senior member. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name is Annie Rakhtashel. I, um, I went to Temple University for grad school. Um, from there, I bounced around between nursing homes and hospitals um, and uh, then I finally landed at Bryn Mawr Rehab in Malvern, and I spent uh, six years there doing inpatient, outpatient, um, you know, working with a bunch of different kinds of clients. Um, and I have been at Salus for five going on six years. So yeah, I guess I'm, I'm in the in the later class, if you, if you'll have me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and rounding out our panel tonight is Jackie. Hi, I'm Jackie Pittum. I took sort of an untraditional route to becoming an SLP. 
I used to be a middle school and high school history teacher and then went back to graduate school at Penn State and was on a grant for augmentative and alternative communication there and have since specialized in that area. I work at a school for children with special needs, mainly cerebral palsy and other physical and developmental disabilities. And I absolutely love that. In addition to that, I've be- I have private clients who are adult clients who are AAC users and have been working at Salus as a clinical educator since 2017, so about five years. Um, thanks so much. So uh, really by design, having um, what I'll call bookend supervisors. So um, supervisors that have had a long view of the program and, and the development of our clinic and newbies who just really joined us in the last uh, few months to get a fresh perspective on how we run our clinic. So I really appreciate you all being here. Um, one of our philosophies in the Speech Language Institute is that when a client calls for service, um, we want to match them with someone that has um, clinical expertise. So we're going to go back around the room, and I want to hear about the types of clients that you get to supervise uh, with in the clinic. Um, hey, Jackie, I'm going to put you on the spot first. So I have actually worked with a wide variety of clients in the clinic. One thing I absolutely love about working at Salus is I think I tend to work in a very niche population where I am during the day. So this gives me a larger variety of clientele to really keep my skills um, intact in a variety of areas. But I've had a chance to work with mostly pediatrics at Salus, but I also have had a chance to work with adult clients who are AAC users, which has been a really wonderful experience for me. And Annie and I actually even collaborated and helped our students collaborate with each other um, with an adult client that she had that she was working on, a stroke patient who um, she thought was a really good candidate for AAC. And we did an AAC evaluation together. So there's really, what I love about it is there's opportunities for collaboration um, with both students and other faculty members. Awesome. Caitlin, how about you? Who are you seeing in the clinic? Um, I am currently seeing um, a kiddo who has a fluency disorder. Um, I'm seeing someone who it's early language, which is really great. That's like one of my um, loves of the field. And it's also something that I actively learned in SLI. So it's really cool to be able to now teach it. Um, and then I also just got a new kiddo who is doing some literacy stuff. So um, a nicer range of some pediatric things going on. Great. Annie, you're up next. So seeing as I've been here for so long, um, I <laughs> I have seen, um, just like Jackie, a wide variety. Um, I do specialize uh, in working with uh, folks who, who have a brain injury, which most of my caseload right now is that. So people with aphasia or uh, right hemisphere damage um, uh, or who have um, incurred some sort of uh, injury or insult to the brain, whether it be uh, neuro, uh, neurodegenerative or, or something that happened acutely. But um, I, I agree with Jackie in that uh, it's it's been fun because a lot of the stuff that I've seen over the years uh, has been outside of my sort of specialty, which is um, always interesting and a great learning experience. Um, so it's been fun. And it was super fun to collaborate with Jackie on that client, so. Good. Um, and. And Kelly. 
How's your caseload these days at SLI? Um, my caseload at SLI looks a lot like my caseload did at Nemours. Um, I've got um, two friends on the spectrum. We're doing lots of receptive and expressive language, doing some, um, giving them some picture supports, um, working just a lot on language development. And then um, I have another client who um, we see virtually and she's working on motor speech goals. Um, so some Arctic stuff. That's great. Um, thank you for bringing that up because I, I tend to neglect now talking about both the in-person opportunities that we give our students at SLI, as well as the continued telepractice services that we offer our community um, for both pediatric and adults. If the, if the client is the right client, we still continue to offer that telepractice service post-pandemic, or as we're saying these days, endemic. Um, and I also like at this point to sort of point out that um, our supervisors work with all the students in the program. So um, that collaborative piece happens both in the clinic room when we're working with clients. It also works in our offices when we're working with students to make sure that um, everybody that's working with that student is supporting that student in the way that's best to teach them. Or if they're struggling in one area, we go to our supervisors and say, hey, what, what's working to build your relationship? And I really, um, that's the connections that I love to see um, from the faculty side is that when our supervisors not only click um, in, in client care, but also in educating our students. Um, and I want, I, I want your students, our students, to, um, uh, to feel at home at Salus. And I think you all do a really good job of presenting a, a, a space that's safe to learn in, to ask questions, to explore, to try stuff out um, with, with limited risk. Um, and I think that that really makes um, an awesome learning experience. And I've heard you all really engage um, your students and, and give them um, really sage advice. And I'm wondering if you can uh, maybe give our uh, to be graduate students a bit of that advice uh, before we sign off tonight. So um, um, let's put Caitlin on the hot seat first. Um, as, our, as our first alumnae hire in the clinic, what, what would you like an incoming graduate student to know um, before they're a graduate student at, at Salus University? Um, it may be a little bit cliche, but I feel like it's really important to know that you're never done learning. And just because in grad school, you might get a lot of experience with your little guys, or you might get a lot of adult, or you might have two placements that are sort of similar. Um, we are always growing as clinicians. Like from where I was when I left SLI to where I am now is if you had told me that, you know, five, six years ago, I would have laughed in your face. It's just the journey that you take, if you're willing to take the opportunities and you're willing to keep learning and you're willing to keep almost like challenging yourself and, and making yourself a better clinician, there's so many opportunities within our field. Like it's cradle to grave. There's My job is so different than Annie's job. Annie's job is so different from Jackie's job. We are all, we are so lucky to like be able to learn all these different skill sets, but you have to be open to it. And so I want people to not like almost like put themselves in a one little niche, like Jackie said, you know, she does something at work, but then comes here and she can do all these other skills. So I guess stay open-minded is the short version. <laughs> can I piggyback Great. on that a little bit? Absolutely, um, Jackie. 
So I'd like to add to that. So I've been sort of counseling some of my graduate students that I have now who are looking to try to sort of figure out, do I want to work with adults? Do I want to work with children? Where do I want to be? And I just want to encourage graduate students to that you don't have to know that for sure. You don't need to rely on your externship experiences to be the be all end all of your learning experience because you learn so much more. I've learned so much more on the job since I've been out in the field than I ever did in graduate school. So don't think that if you don't learn it in graduate school, you won't ever learn it because there's so many learning opportunities to come. Kelly, do you have advice for a soon to be graduate student? Um, I definitely think my advice for graduate students would be that I think sometimes there's a lot of pressure in graduate school to, especially when interacting with your supervisor, to seem like you're really smart or like you know what you're doing. And I would definitely encourage students to ask questions as much as they can, because it's such a good opportunity to have all of these supervisors watching you and super involved in your sessions. And that it's definitely better to err on the side of asking too many questions and really feel comfortable and be overprepared than to wing it or assume something will work itself out or try to impress people by knowing things. That would definitely be my advice. Ask questions. I think that's great advice. Mm -hmm. um, and Annie, bring us home with some advice. Yeah, I mean, to, to piggyback off of what Kelly said, I, I would say, you know, we know that you come to graduate school with an undergraduate degree, um, but assume that we assume that you don't know anything. Um, you know, I think students are, are, as Kelly said, afraid to ask questions because there's this assumption that they should know what they're talking about. But the truth is you have, you should have no idea what you're talking about. You're just starting this journey. So, uh, you know, feel like it's better to ask a question. It's better to say, I don't know. It's it's better to just come to a CE and be like, I am totally lost. Or if a CE's, you know, getting into all this information and, and you're glazing over, um, be sure to speak up in those moments uh, and, and opportunity and take that opportunity to, to really dive in together. Uh, great advice. I knew it would be great advice um, from from our newer clinicians to our, our more uh, senior clinicians. I really appreciate um, the learning atmosphere that you all build for our students, for each other. Um, I, I really enjoy um, not only learning from you all, but learning what our students learn and, and being a student of our students and what they expect um, from the program and from the profession. I think you're all great examples of the clinical educators that, that students have the opportunity to work with. And I really wanna thank you for the, the time that you've offered us uh, tonight um, to record this podcast and, and, and give us an insight of what it looks like to be um, working and being educated in and from the Speech Language Institute. So if you have any questions, again, um, feel free to reach out to me. Probably the best way to get to me is my email which is R-S-E-R-I-A-N-N-I -N -N -I at salas.edu. Or you can find general information about the program on our website, www.salas, that's S-A-L-U-S dot E-D-U. Thank you all for being here. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you, the students, real soon. Thank you.